This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you showed up to your mom's house for Thanksgiving, already shit-faced... What the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Thursday, November 26, 2015. Jesus, Uncle Dave is already drunk. Holiday edition of the show where we explain American holiday traditions to the world. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you this week by Xanax, helping families stay together and stay civil for 40 years. The holidays are tough, and God knows your parents are disappointed in you. So pop a Xanax and enjoy the day. No matter the occasion, Xanax is there. That makes the cutting remarks, prolonged sighs, and questions about your sexuality, your marriage, lack of marriage, children, lack of children, college loans, drinking, drug use, it doesn't matter. They just slide off. Ask your doctor if your family is right for Xanax. If you would like to sponsor the show, ask your doctor for something stronger than Xanax because you need serious medication. You know what, Mom? You know what I'm going to get you next Christmas? A big wooden cross. So every time you feel unappreciated for all your sacrifices, you can climb on up and nail yourself to it. Gary, get my bags. I'm leaving. All of us here at the WTHWYT studios are sitting around drinking straight whiskey while we try to muster the courage to Uber our way over to the parents' house for Thanksgiving dinner. It's just how we cope. It, it might be hard for some of you to imagine, but our opinions can be somewhat controversial around the dinner table, and we try to go out of our way to stay as far away from family gatherings as possible. Unfortunately, at this time of year, there are social considerations and the fact that you really don't want to be cut out of the inheritance, so you have to show up. So we have to come up with ways to deal with the struggle that is the fact that we've incredibly disappointed our parents on numerous, numerous occasions. There are some ways like just moving really far away so that you only have to go once every few years, which is my plan and, and tends to work out better. But if you happen to live closer, there are more dramatic options. I say we take off and nuke the entire site for Morbid. It's the only way to be sure. But frankly, unless you're the president of a major country with a nuclear arsenal, that's probably not a realistic option for you. So you take a Xanax, drink a lot of wine, and just grin your fucking way through the day. If it were just parents, look, we're a huge disappointment to them. We've broken their heart, and we understand that. They don't even know what a podcast is. My mom calls it the pod thing that you're doing. Are you are you still doing that pod thing? Yes, mother, I'm, I'm still doing the pod thing. No, I understand our parents are entitled to give us all kinds of shit because we're huge disappointments to them. The problem is not our parents. It's the rest of our family. The people that you only see one time a year on Thanksgiving. And that really is way, way, 
way too much. Now, there are places in the world where people like their extended family, and you people are just freaks. But in the interest of, you know, thinking globally and acting locally, and because we've recently learned that this show is inexplicably popular in Norway, meaning that we actually made the comedy charts on Norway's iTunes, which, okay, look, hey, thanks, guys. Hi, god kveld. Velkommen. Kolais hardude, kolais gorde. Tusen tak. To anyone in Norway, if that was not what it said on the website, and if I've said anything about your mother, grandmother, or the moose that bit your sister, I apologize. I don't know how to speak Norwegian. What we thought we would do is reach out and explain to people around the world, and particularly in Norway, since you guys seem to like us, some of the American pop culture references that you see all the time in our television and on the internet, but really don't understand. And so we'd like you to sit back now, and it's our Thanksgiving Day gift to you. We want you to have a lutefisk and let us explain the American phenomenon of the drunk uncle. Each year in the United States, families gather to celebrate Thanksgiving on the last Thursday in November. It's a celebration of the harvest and of family and of gratitude, primarily the gratitude that you don't have to see these people again for another year. Uh, we want to give thanks to our good fortune for our family and friends, but unfortunately, amongst our families and our friends, there's at least one person who's going to fuck up the day for everyone. That person is called the drunk uncle. Now, the drunk uncle is not necessarily anyone's uncle. He is rarely related by blood to anyone at the event. He may be the husband, though more frequently he's the second or perhaps third husband of someone there. He's a longtime family friend, which no one in the family can quite remember making, yet he seems to be present at every Thanksgiving. Now, the drunk uncle's role in the traditional American Thanksgiving is to, of course, as his name implies, get drunk and make an ass out of himself. He, and it is almost always a he, should the uncle actually be an aunt, she still plays the drunk uncle role. The drunk uncle phenomenon always manifests itself in 11 phases. We here at the What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast will now describe the phases for you. Phase 1. The drunk uncle arrives, usually already intoxicated. At this point, he's still somewhat congenial. His amusing children love the arrival of drunk uncle because he's guaranteed to provide amusement for the next few hours and it sends their parents into a panic. During phase one, drunk uncle will continue to drink, often quite heavily. He will often sit with an entire 12-pack of cheap American beer on his lap and shout at the television during the football game. The Bears are rolling! We've been there two weeks! We'll kill you! Bitch-ass! Fucking fuck! No one is quite sure... What the uncle is angry about during the football game, he normally doesn't root for this team. Indeed, he's never even been to the city where this, the teams are playing. But he is quite vehement, and he's incredibly excited at the fact that he can shout irrationally at the moving images on the television, which cannot hear him. This brings us to phase two. Phase two, at some point in time, the uncle will loudly announce... I am going to tell you what is wrong with this country. Now, at this point in time, the drunk uncle's spouse, significant other, friend, or 
just any random bystander will jump up and try to distract the drunk uncle from whatever political theory he is fixated on at the moment. Children, however, will gather around to avoid being shooed away by the parents. The uncle will then launch into a 20-minute rant fixating on his unique view of the president or whatever political party is currently holding office or is running for office. And this unique view is, quite frankly, racist, offensive, homophobic, misogynistic. Basically, it's a Trump rally. We want to vote for somebody with a name like Barack Hussein Obama. Well, why are we electing an Arab when we're at war with Iraq and Iran? I mean, come on, American people. (laughs) This don't make much sense. God, the drop search for this show are their reward in and of themselves. Reaching phase three, the drunk uncle will stop light his cigarette, take a long drink of his beer, and sadly shake his head. The words, weren't like this when I was a kid, I'll tell you, are an important way that you can recognize phase three. Phase four, invariably a younger member of the family will challenge the drunk uncle's statements. Traditionally, this role is taken up by an 18 to 24 year old who is home from college, and no matter what is said, the drunk uncle will refute it by implying the youth has been brainwashed and, by the way, is getting just a little bit too big for their britches. The uncle will also imply that formal education is a waste of time, as the only knowledge that is worth a shit is knowledge gained from experience. Listen to me, you piece of shit! Listen, you do not know shit about fuck, my man. At phase five, the same youth will make a statement implying the uncle is drunk and or stupid, and the statement would be correct. This will initiate phase six. The uncle will now repeat his earlier rant, the only difference being that this time, not only will he attack the current political party, he will at least imply that minorities, women's gays, Muslims, are destroying this country, and no one is willing to do a damn thing about it entering phase seven. It is now when the drunk uncle will begin to constantly use language unsuitable for children and they will be removed from the drunk uncle's presence. At phase eight, he will offer physical violence to the adult who is telling him to shut up and stop making an ass out of himself. Now, there is almost never any actual violence. The drunk uncle by this time is way, way too shit-faced to even attempt to fight. He will, however, loudly offer to take on all comers, including you, little Timmy. I see you in the corner back there. However, the only way that he could injure anyone is by falling on them, which could happen, and we recommend standing several feet away from him because his arms are flailing, and he's really a danger to himself and others at this point in time, purely by accident. At phase nine, the drunk uncle must attempt to leave, loudly demanding his car keys so he can travel someplace where he is wanted. The uncle will not remember that he did not, indeed could not, drive to the dinner as his license is currently suspended after his fifth DWI. Ushered in phase 10. So intoxicated, he can barely stand upright. The uncle will urinate in an inappropriate location. 
If confronted, he will slur something to the effect of, she's not the boss of me, and then piss all over his shoes. Finally, we reach phase 11, and the drunk uncle passes out. Traditionally, he's left where he's fallen unless he's blocking the path to the dinner table or a bathroom. He will sleep through the remainder of Thanksgiving, awakening when his ride when his ride to the dinner finally decides to leave. He will then go home, consume a meal of fast food obtained at the only open venue, and lament on not being awakened for dinner. There you have it, friends. That is the American tradition of the drunk uncle, which stretches back to the Plymouth colony where Miles Standish's brother-in-law tried to pick a fight with the Indians and threw up noisily during the homily. I hope that our little explanation helps you understand how we in America celebrate Thanksgiving. And I hope that you and your family are warm, safe, and happy this holiday. Before you sit down, send someone out to make sure that the drunk uncle isn't passed out on his back and vomited in his sleep. Nothing spoils Thanksgiving like the ambulance. That is it for our show this week. We would like to thank the band Hypnostate for their music in the opening credits. And as always, we thank you for listening. I could tell you all the usual stuff and that I always tell you, but I'm not going to. What I am going to tell you is that I have been the drunk uncle. And the drunk uncle does not have to be conservative. He can also be a liberal drunk uncle, which is why I'm not allowed to drink at Thanksgiving anymore. It seems I, I, I might have convinced some people to vote for Nader in 2000, and it's possible I could be responsible for the Bush administration. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. God, I'm so sorry. Never get drunk in Florida. It's just a good rule. From all of us here at the podcast, we hope that you have a, you and your family have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. And to remind you that each night we leave the bar room when it's over. Not feeling any pain at closing time. But tonight, this podcast found me too sober, and I can't drink enough to keep my family off my mind. Tonight, the podcast let me down. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and to everyone in Norway. Godnatt. found me much too sober. Couldn't drink enough to keep you off my mind. me down and let your memory come around the one true friend I thought I'd found tonight the bottle let me down